Hey everyone, welcome into my new podcast. If you've been following my content over the past few years, you know that before I had the 6 for 6 show that was via WSJU Radio and streamed on iHeartRadio and the TuneIn app. And now I've come out with a brand new podcast surrounded by all things Philadelphia sports. I'll be posting my podcast of teams that I follow, such as the Eagles, Flyers, 76ers, Phillies, and Penn State football. Check in on my social media for updates on new episodes, post-game reactions, and off-season news. But the bulk of the conversation will be here on the new 610 Podcast. One. One, two. Check me out right here, yo. How's it going, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the 610 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan. Back yet again tonight, and I know it's late, but just recapping what the 76ers did in the NBA draft, or what they did, or what they didn't do, however, I should say, is they um, did not end up trading into the draft at all. They had no picks. Um... And I'm not too thrilled with that. I would have liked to have seen the 76ers trade into the draft. They had um, an opportunity there, I think, to get an Imani Bates, potentially. Um, with the assets that they do have, with you know maybe a Dan- Manuel House could have potentially have... You know, they signed him a week ago, could have traded him. Um, would have been an asset for one of these teams that are looking for bench pieces out there. Um, I want to give House an, and would have given him an opportunity to play. Um, I really think that would have been a, a benefit. They had future uh, compensation in the draft as well, but that didn't end up um, happening either. Now, they did get some intriguing. Um, undrafted players that I think could be, you know, a real benefit to this team. Ricky Council from Arkansas being signed by the 76ers. Council averaged 16 points per game last year with Arkansas. Um, I think he's a solid player that can come in and be more of a player down further on their bench and I think he's got the potential to end up as an NBA player towards the end of the season next year but right away I don't see it happening um he's 6'6 mainly um I believe handles the point I think uh, it's not unclear whether or not they really put him as a shooting guard. He only shot 27% last year, and he only averaged 2.3 assists per game, but he did have 16.1 points per game. Um, From the free throw line, shot 79%, so not bad. He shot 84% the year before at Wichita State, and then... Moving on from him, you look at Ozulis Tubulis. I hope I didn't botch his name, from Arizona, 
the forward 6'11", 245, comes in averaging 19.8 last year, also had 9.1 um, total rebounds, and shot 31% from beyond, only a 76% free throw shooter, so I have to work on that, and 57% from the field. So I think this is probably um, a, a good addition to the team. I think he could end up being a solid piece coming off the bench. It provides height for the 76ers. He is now the second. If he makes the active roster straight out, which I don't think he will, but if he does, he is the second tallest player on the team next to Embiid. Let that sink in for a second. That's crazy to think about. Um but that's the case. That's the that's the height of the 76ers right now. And then they took um, out of NC State, Chiquavion Smith. And, you know, this is a, I would say this is an interesting pickup for the 76ers. I think... He doesn't shoot that well from the line. That's something that he's going to have to work on. And only shot 70% from the free throw line last year. Average 17.9. 33% from the from beyond the arc. And from the field shot 38%. So not too, too bad. Not great. But not too bad. Um, with Smith as a prospect coming up, I think he can he can develop. But I'm just not a fan of not getting guys that can provide depth right away. The only one I see is Tubelas, Tubelas, the kid from Arizona, and I'm not even completely sold on that because we don't know how he's going to play when he's up against NBA prospects. I mean, who knows? And he's definitely not going to be ready right out of the gate. And even though if you even did sign someone, or draft someone, I should say, in the late of the second round, it's not guaranteed that they'd be able to play right away. I think there's more of that potential there. You know, Isaiah Wong was available. Um, you know, like I said, Amani Bates is available. Um, what I really think that they missed out on, and he went 25th overall, but the one guy that I really liked and I was hoping he would fall later into the second would be Marcus Sasser. I thought that was going to be a player that would come in and really help the 76ers off the bench. And something that Sasser you know, really has is he has leadership coming off the bench. The Sixers don't have that. They didn't have that last year. They still don't have that. And with a player... Um, like Shake Milton, you know, it's looks like he's not going to be coming back um, next season as he is now a free agent, um, which I think is definitely a benefit to him. So he can go somewhere else and, you know, really shine. I think with the 76ers. It just wasn't going to happen. He just didn't seem to be getting better. I think a change of scenery is best for him. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Trace Jackson Davis was even available. Uh, he would have provided some height. Chris Livingston is available as well. You know, and I think 
the overall rage of the 76ers fan base um, is still continuing uh, tonight. I think there are a lot of people that are still that are still very uh, ticked off with obviously with the way things ended um, in the playoffs, but even more with James Harden and how there just doesn't seem to be any kind of a future being built in Philadelphia right now. So 76ers, you know, continuing to shoot themselves in the foot by not acquiring young talent. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. So long. One, two, three, four, five, sixers. Ten, nine, eight, 76ers. One, two, three, four, five, sixers.